This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. And in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, coming back for her third appearance on Talk Time Live exclusive is actor, writer, producer, Amanda C. Miller. She is the voice of Barato, Sailor Jupiter, Joe from Netflix's Cosmic, and many more as we have her here to follow up on everything that's going on in her world. Folks, please give a warm welcome back to Talk Time Live. Amanda, nice to finally see you. Hello. I know that's true. I guess the last couple ones were over just like audio calls. They're audio. They were just, look, I, I had to step it up. I had to, you know, the budget has to go up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, feel, I I had to literally figure out how to turn my phone into a webcam because I'm like, oh no, he's going to see me. Also, I got like two hours of sleep last night because insomnia is real fun. Aww. And so I'm like, oh, oh God, I got to make sure I'm presentable because if I had looked like I did when I looked, at, I woke up, I'd be like. Now, is, that a, is that a normal thing for actors or is this that something that you got from Molly? <laughs> what, the having the insomniac? Oh, I've I've had it for about 13 years. Wow. Um, I mean, it's it's not as bad every night. Like it's not always two hour nights, but right. this this past week has been like my body's just like I'm not tired. I'm, I kind of get like that too, I'm but I had to force myself anyway. I and I you know because you know you know I talk to Molly quite a bit, and I also see her tweets and everything, and I'm like waking up at like six in the morning or even five in the morning sometimes, like uh, Eastern Standard Time. She's in the West Coast. And I'm like, you're still tweeting? <laughs> yeah. I, I had to text her. I had to go text her, like, why are you still up? Yeah, go go to bed. So I will, I'll go to bed and I'm just supposed to lay there for six hours. Like, like I'm like, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm, I'm determined. I also have, I have a weighted blanket and that wasn't enough. So I bought a second one and then a third one. What? I have, I'm sure, like I read online, they're like, don't ever do more than 35 pounds. I'm like, I easily have like, I don't know if you know the play The Crucible. <laughs> this is probably a bad reference, but like the character Giles Corey, they like piled rocks on him on like on top of him until he died because oh. they wouldn't he wouldn't confess to being a witch. It's a play, but I'm, wow, I, mean, I, think, I think he might have been a real character. I don't know, but it's a play. It's a play from like the fifties. But uh. right. <laughs> anyway, so like last night I was like piling it on my chest, like I'm like heavier, more weight, <laughs> which I think were his last words. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's that got real dark. But that's that's me trying to go to sleep. I'm like, knock me out. <laughs> well, now that actually encourages me to whether I want to get away to blankets because I thought about getting one myself. I like I like them because it's very like I also like I have like a lot of anxiety, I have PTSD, like I, so it's it's a it's like a pressure thing. It's like yeah. it. Somebody described it as like, it's like white noise where there's a, if there's a constant, then your body's not as alarmed by little things. Wow. So like if there's weight all over your body, then if you feel a little thing on your leg or a little whatever, you're not going to wake up. Right. Or like, I don't know, for me, I, I'll wake up if I hear something like five houses over, like I'm that hypervigilant. So it is kind of I think nice. the only problem with that idea for me is that our dog sleeps with us. So. <laughs> So would they be on top of the blanket or would they he, be- both? He goes top and then he goes in. So if he goes in, it's like this dude yeah. ain't coming up. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. How big is he? He's a Jack Russell. 
Okay, yeah, that that might. Uh, that might, I, they say don't use it for kids, so I'll probably use the same thing. He's he's at yeah, he's a little kid level in this case. If you want to, you know, compare and contrast the size uh, variation. I was like, yeah. as long as he's on top. Although if he's on top, then he might crush you. Like you might have the twenty five pounds, and he just like lays on your chest, and that's just <laughs> it's that's just a no win situation. That just turns out to be the thing that just is too much, and then. <laughs> All right, so let's talk Sailor Moon because. I looked in to uh, contact you at the right time. I had no idea this was happening. Um, you and the rest of the cast of Sailor Moon have announced that Netflix is releasing Sailor Moon Eternal based on the iconic series and manga coming in June. Um, can you talk a little about what that is going to be based on or about? I don't know. How, like, I'm, Netflix is very uh, protective about, like, I actually have to post something at 11 or I'll do it whenever I'm done. Right. They can't, they don't own me. Like, they're very much like, you have to say this, you must do this. Right. Don't go off script, Amanda. Because <laughs> uh, I got in trouble for saying butthole at San, San Diego Comic Con. Like, butthole's so innocuous. It's funny. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, so welcome yeah. to Talk Time Live. Yeah. <laughs> butthole Live. <laughs> I'm like a sixth grader. Like, any of the sixth grade words we used to use are funnier to me. <laughs> I think you know what I think you're not alone I actually did a um Naruto trivia with Molly Yuri and Tara uh not no not Tara it was um it was Kate and they were wild they were you you guys are a full <laughs> bunch it, I, I I see the camaraderie I understand it trust me actors are very <laughs> especially theater people i feel like they're an extra level of weird where we're just like <laughs> like and uh yeah for me like 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 old school like nards like nards <laughs> weird right. like that makes me laugh so hard like you got punched in the weird <laughs> uh yeah it's just that makes me it makes me laugh um anyway what was you i have add if you can't tell the, what, what, the what, sailor what, moon what? eternal Yes. Okay. So, um, it's based off of the nightmare or not nightmare. The, it's like the, there's an arc in the manga, which in the original classic show was supers or super S I call yeah. it super S, but apparently it's supers. But to me, that sounds like supers. <laughs> I don't know. I just like super S it's a big S anyway. Um, it's, in the old version, it was very like cute and fluffy, and it focused a lot on Chibiusa and right. uh, you know. Helio. And we say the old version, you mean like the TV series? Right? Yeah, sorry. So like the classic. So there's like Sailor Moon Classic, like the version right. from the '90s that we like ended up redubbing. So yeah. that version had, it was just like it was like more like kid friendly, but in the oh, manga, yes. it's it's not. So this version is based off of the manga, which is like you know like nightmares and Nehalenia yeah. and the amazon quartet but like they they're they're still cute looking but they're not as like oh we're just a bunch of cute you know right, um, right. No, no i wouldn't say bumbling but like it was more innocent in mm -hmm. uh sailor moon classic and then here it's like oh no we're gonna electrocute you with our <laughs> little powers you know like um, i'm listening <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's like sounds like a good time what where's the catch like yeah right um yeah, so it's based off of it's based off of that. So it's a two two part movie, but basically it kind of to me I was like, oh, this kind of feels like it's just because it's like uh, what is it? If it's an hour and a half, or if each episode is like about twenty minutes, it feels like it's maybe like an eight episode season, uh, kind of uh, condensed into two movies. Right. 
All right, so I'm looking for. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'll tell you this: um, when you guys were able to announce it, it there was so much uh, hype for this, you know, because we haven't seen anything from Sailor Moon in a while. And in terms of anime content, this may be, in my opinion, Netflix's biggest acquisition in their library of anime that they have. I mean, they have some really good anime, but like, you know, let's be real: Sailor Moon is in the Mount Rushmore list of anime. Okay. I mean, just really from a groundbreaking standpoint, and just one of the originals. You know, that right. we came, that was the trendy thing during the 90s when anime really started being a thing, when tape trading and all this stuff. What was your thoughts when this was brought to your attention, when they told you that, like, this was coming to Netflix and everything? I Yeah, I guess I I knew they were going to do a movie, and I kind of figured we would be doing it because it's like a continuation of Crystal. But, yeah, I don't know. What did I know? Yeah, I did not know it was coming to Netflix. No. I didn't know. I didn't know when it was happening because they were talking about it for years. Like, like you said, like we finished season three of Crystal years ago, and then right. we're told, like, oh yeah, there's gonna be a two part movie, and then nothing for a long time. So, yeah, the Netflix thing was definitely a kind of cool surprise, but also I'm like nervous because it's a bigger scale audience than we exactly. had before. Like, you know, like we we've been doing it for a couple of years now, but like again, those are like the I feel like those are like the Moonies. Those are like the super fans where it's like they will go out and buy the dvds or they'll watch it on hulu or wherever um, it is whereas a lot of people didn't even know there was a redub or whatever so i'm i'm curious if there's gonna be like the evangelion effect where it's like people are like oh they tune in and be like oh you're not the original voice you know like i'm 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 curious to see how many people didn't know that there's a new cast that's really awesome that you mentioned that and as a evangelion fan Mm. and a sailor moon fan I think you won't have that. I, that's just me. I have this. Like, you guys didn't have Fly Me to the Moon at the end and then take it, took it away from us <laughs> in this case. Gotcha. But no, I mean, you've, you've already, the thing is, you've, all you and the rest of the cast have already established yourself to the point that we should know who you guys are by now. You've already toured cons and everything. I'm, Whereas but- Evangelion just came out of the blue. We're all hyped for Evangelion to come back and then it comes back and then. It just they just dropped a bomb on us that told us that the whole entire cast has changed. They took oh. out the, the Sinatra theme that made it so elegant. And, you know, I, that's why I think you guys won't have the same effect because you've been working on all 200 plus some episodes. So you kind of really established yourself but like they really just threw it in there. So we're doing it. So Everybody was hyped. Warning to the fans. No like, warnings. Hey, brand None. new cast, like new a revisioning of it. Um, right. Okay. And I think you've, I'm glad you said that because I think if they would have addressed it that way and they told us that without just putting it in, thinking that the fanfare was still going to be there. You know, we love the original, you know, actors who worked on that. And it was just without warning. And it just it was met with like we were deceived. I don't think that's going to be the case with you guys because you I see. You know, they, so, they, were, they basically you, you thought you were getting the series you grew up with. Yes. Okay. And I, you know what's even so bad is that I still have not yet wanted to watch that series because I know what I'm into. And I was just totally, I was, I, I was in such a shock because it was so near and dear to me with that anime. Whereas I've been watching Crystal and the original, the new um, Viz versions with you guys. So I've already established, and not to mention, you know, my opinion again, you guys really knocked it out the park with these, with the uh, Salem series. Well, thank you. I mean, it's, I I remember, you know, you know, some people have like 
old school, you know, gargles on nostalgic mm-hmm. gargles on. Mm-hmm. So they tend to forget certain things and aspects about the original one that came out in, you know, you know when it first um, aired and released before you guys did it. And I looked, I remember looking back recently at some of those old ones and the voices, cause they had to do a lot of changing and editing and everything. And then when you guys came in, you guys just said, no, we're not doing it. We're doing it exactly as it intended. You know, we're, we're going to do it when in respect that it was done. And you guys are great talents anyway. So it's like a modern day approach to it with everything just a tad bit better. <laughs> well, and, and to be fair that the original cast knew that stuff was being edited, but that people it's think nothing actors, you could do. Yeah. Actors, we don't have like any real say in stuff. Like I sometimes I'll do it with Boruto because I've been doing it long enough where I'm like, that line's dumb. I want to say this. <laughs> um, and if it fits. There's like a whole, the engineer has a whole art alternate version of the show on his computer with just like naughty outtakes or funny improvisations that like mm-hmm. me, he said me and Steve Bloom are like the top contenders. Um, uh, and every <laughs> once in a while, Miley will send me a text being like, cause he'll, what he'll do is he'll keep the outtake. Uh, cause I always surprise him. I don't tell him I'm doing an outtake. Right. Oh, no, are you funny that you said that because Yuri also had one as well. That oh, he, he did in a too. panel that I hosted like in 2020. And we, heard, you know, the, the fans out there heard this, this soundbite <laughs> that was not intended to be aired or live. <laughs> so so you guys are, you guys are hilarious. <laughs> they will like, yeah, Viz locks that stuff down. I think because they know like, they're like, this is going to ruin the image of the show. It's supposed to be innocent. <laughs> um, but like, it's it's fun because we'll leave we'll uh, we'll come like leaving bombs for each other but it's it's like right i'll record the line i'm like hey has miley recorded yet he's like no i'm like okay great so uh, we're we go to do the take he thinks i'm gonna say the actual line but i've already like so when you're i mean i'm sure i've mentioned this before on my other appearances i didn't realize it'd been three i was like i thought it was just like one but yeah Oh yeah, well I guess we had to re-record the one. But no, I was I've been on twice plus the re-recording. So technically this is my fourth time. Oh wow. Oh wait, yeah. sorry. I'm not I was I not supposed to mention the re-recording. <laughs> we don't talk about that. It's fine. But now um speaking of Netflix, I had an opportunity to watch Craig McCracken's kids Cosmic where you play the character Joe, a character that felt very stagnant living in her ta- our small town and wanted to, you know, be where the action is until the action came to her. <laughs> and, you know, she acquired the alien stones from Kid, and now she's a part of the crazy team of misfit superheroes known as the local heroes. I felt like your character was a very grounded member of the team and almost considered the real true leader of the local heroes. Can you talk about your... Uh, I mean, you, can you talk about Joe and your thoughts on uh, the adventures he, uh, she had with Kid and the rest of the team? Yeah, I mean, I Kid Cosmic has such a special place in my heart because it's like I've done a little bit of original animation before, but this is my first like lead character where she's yeah. like a vital part of the team. She's in every episode. Um, and I love I mean, Craig did such a great job and Rob and all of the, the, the team like they made it a family. Yes. So I love that, like, even when they're, like, making fun of each other, they're never fully, they're never mean, or they're never intentionally mean. Like, they care about each other's feelings, you know, and Joe and Kid have this cute dynamic mm-hmm. where even if she's like, no, Kid, like, you're, this is crazy. What are you talking about? She's right. still, like, she's not like, you're an idiot, Kid. Like, you know, like, we really, 
somehow she always believed in him even before the actual, you know, the stones. Yeah, like she, because I guess because she was so bored, you know, with this this town, whenever kid came in, she's like, well, at least he's entertaining. He was, yeah, he was the most exciting thing about her so I, day. I, I love that where it's just like, it's kind of like with Parks and Rec. Um, they said season, most people agree that season one was just meh of Parks and Rec because they hadn't figured out the special sauce that made the show work. And so right. I was listening to, I think it was Michael Shore talking about, Michael Shore, one of the writers or something like that, mm -hmm. talking about, they realized that the show doesn't work if people are mean to Leslie. Right. Um, and Leslie needs to be, Leslie can't be snarky. Leslie, Leslie is like pure and wholesome and we want to protect her. So the other characters should like, it should be more of that family dynamic. And once they figured that out, season two, like, hit the ground running and never stopped. Like, yeah, because like they're all going through their, you know, their antics in order to help her. Yeah, like they all like, even if like, you know, I mean, I guess the, the, the most hatred there, I guess, would be like April to like Anne or whatever. But like for the most part, there's just a, I think that's why people like it because we want to see, I don't know, I feel like a lot of us come from like dysfunctional families or whatever. So it's nice to see wholesome people who just want to see each other do well. And I feel like Kid Cosmic has... So every character has that like even when kids kind of you know being like no rosa we don't want you to play with us in the end he realizes you know what actually you deserve a ring like you know it's like a, a ring of power just for people right. who are like wait he's marrying a, a child <laughs> um no there are no child brides in kid cosmic at least not <laughs> not not in the season one <laughs> um that's ultimately where the show's heading no i, sh I need to be careful because people will take me literally and then i know the, the internet for god's sake yeah, like people are like, I'm, I, I, I'm starting to do this like TikTok thing and making comedy videos, and I have one planned where it's basically like going to jail because your your dry humor is too realistic. Because I'm always talking about bodies in my trunk, right? Like, you know, people are like, oh, like your car's messy. I'm like, oh yeah, you should see the blood stains in the back. <laughs> you know, like, and because I'm so like, I'll be so dry about it. Like, I mean, people know I haven't killed anybody. I hope. But like, I just worry about that day where somebody like, I don't know, like the FBI is listening to me or whatever through my Siri or something like that. And they hear me talking about <laughs> details that sound similar to a crime. And then suddenly I end up in jail and they're like, what are you in for? I'm like, sarcasm. They're like, oh, <laughs> not messing with you. <laughs> You're the scariest person here. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> No, the cat, the show is just absolutely awesome. And it's, you know, what I loved about that show is that it's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's playing off as a kid's show, but as you start to realize, and then you look at, you really check out the premise and the narrative and everything, it's very motion picture esque mm -hmm. in a way, like the very, the, the storytelling, I, I, I envisioned it as a live action type of thing. And I can easily see that this turns into a live action type of whether movie or TV series as well, if they ever wanted to. Um, and I love the Powerpuff Girls. I love what he did with this, but this one right here, for some reason, it's just really character development is just really strong in this. Well, it's because it's his first chance of being able to tell um, a serialized story because it was episodic popular. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like basically like people, 
I guess for a long time, animation was like, no, we need kids to be able to just pop in, watch an episode, not right. need to know the context, not need to know the characters and be able to enjoy it. And right. so Netflix gave him this really cool creative opportunity where he's like, he's been wanting to tell this for like, tell a story like this for a while, where it's right. like an ongoing thing. And the events of this episode lead to the events of this episode and, you know, so forth. Yeah. So I love that. And I also love that they don't shy away from death, like sometimes yes. in hilarious ways. Uh, like, I mean, I, I mean, it's not, it's not spoilers. It's like, it's like, it's, it's a funny, it's been, thing. A, it's been a minute. Yeah, and also it's it's like, hey, watch the show if you think this is funny. But like the scene where like, you know, Rosa has these like, she's like a, she's like niña gigantica, and she's like she like that's what she calls out when she grows big. She's like right. four, but she grows into this giant, super powered you know creature, and they're like these aliens and she's like oh i'm gonna help them and so she pick, puts all the aliens tosses them in their in their spaceship and then he launches it into space and papa g's like oh okay and then like later they're in space and uh rose is like oh spaceman spaceman sleeping and you look out the window and you see all these like dead spacemen just floating there and like one of them bonks against the window and papa g's is like yeah sleeping like it's just that's my kind of humor. Like it's <laughs> and, and, and in hindsight, that would, I absolutely love it. And you're right. Um, the, you know, you talked about the fact that like, if you watch the Powerpuff Girls, it's just like everything that happens happens right there. And then it's moving on to a whole nother thing. They may come back to Mojo Jojo and all this stuff, but it's right. under a whole different sense. And they don't even recall or reflect on whatever happened prior to the last time that they did anything. So here, here is like, yeah, you did, you, you have a full attachment even more of an attachment to these guys. Cause you saw what happened, especially like times when kid started doubting himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it, 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 he did a great job in really grabbing your attention and really getting you engaged to every character for their own reason. Yeah. Like I was watching and I was always worried. I'm like, Oh, am I going to be the stick in the mud or something? Cause like, you know, the leader or the responsible one tends to be, but I feel like right. he wrote uh, like him and his team wrote all the characters really fleshed out they have their strengths and they can't not that they can't function without each other but as a unit like everybody plays a vital part even tuna sandwich you know like the 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 the, the cat you know like yeah. like and i just love that <laughs> the cat was awesome yeah the cat was like the cat sometimes saves the day so it's just like Especially when I, he got his when he got the voice uh device oh, yeah that was just that was awesome his and his the, the voice they he the had. Sam Elliott sounding voice <laughs> exactly loved it <laughs> so over with that so I can't wait I can't wait for season two for that one man yeah but, I think Craig Craig finally was able to announce season two oh he did yeah he said something about they're working on it or something it, everybody everybody I was late on it in a bit with that show but everybody who watched it day one was fully on board with this. I've heard from so many people and you guys did a tremendous job. You know, now that I watched it, I, it, I, I'm, I'm on it. I'm a kid cosmic dude. Yay. <laughs> sure. I, I've never, I mean, I don't know how many people are watching it, but I know that the people who are, I haven't seen anybody be like, your show sucks or like whatever. Like everybody's like, okay, this is fun. Like this, it, they, a lot of the, them say the music, the, yeah. the, the music, the portrayals, every, it just comes together so well. And I think, there's something relatable about the whole entire thing because it's based around like a small town. Mm-hmm. And it, I have, I have like towns like this where there's like a whole bunch of diverse group of people who are just there to just, you know, enjoy the day and, you know, just hang around each other. And it's just no animosity or whatever like that. There's always a town like that mm-hmm. in every city. And I think that's the more relatable part. And it gives you an idea that like people can get together. People can have fun. People can look out for each other. 
And that's yeah. I think that's one of the biggest aspects of this thing that I love is that like people are actually looking out for each other, no matter who you are. Right. So. No, I, I, I love that. And yeah, I've, I've rewatched the show multiple times. It's just like a comforting place because also it's so weird because like with with anime, you're seeing it as you're recording it like they're the, the animation's already been done. So you're yes. matching to a pre-existing picture. The ADR aspect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas uh, with this. I created this character. Like a lot of the weird Joe isms are things I add. You know, like original animation feels more collaborative. Yeah. Where they're like, "Ooh, you know what? That's not what we had written, but let's put that in the thing." And then they animate to you. Right. Um. And so it's just cool because, like, when you're recording it, and also it takes a while. Like it takes. I mean, we we probably recorded the pilot two years ago, maybe three. Wow. Um, you know, so like, and it's just now coming out, like animation takes a while. And then also there's rewrites and they had to shop it around because it wasn't originally at Netflix. Right. Um, so that sucks. For one, of those, one of those things that, you know, the outside world don't know and, and how the misconceptions happen. Yeah. Like, and, and, and like, I, I'm like, I'm not sure. I think I might've said it on another podcast. I'm not sure if I should just like say it, but you know, whatever they lost out on the show. It was originally a Disney show or Disney pilot. Wow. Uh, and I guess they passed and the Netflix was That's like a surprising thing. Cause this is kind of right up their alley. And says, I wonder, I, I mean, they, they, I mean, I hope now I don't get now Disney doesn't want to work with me or something, but like, I mean, they had had a history with wander over yonder, right. Where like they kind of canceled the sh his show early. So like, maybe they just kind of were like, Oh, this isn't really our style anymore or whatever. But right. uh, I think also it might've been, ha it might've had to no, Cause they have some shows that are like serialized or episode or whatever, where it's like, ongoing because i was gonna say maybe that was it but i don't know maybe it just didn't test well with their 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 crowd but anyway it ended up at the home it needed to be because i think it's a very bingeable show i think it would oh it is I, yeah no i'm not joking like when i first watched it like i literally just almost zoomed it all the way through and i had to stop <laughs> i had to like okay i really need to get up and do things right <laughs> i mean it is yeah like you said it is kind of like a movie cause it's like 10 episodes but they're like 20 minutes so it's right. like you can kind of cram like three in an hour and then you're like, oh, well, just a couple more, just a couple more. Um, I've, you know, it's funny. I've had people watch this entire series. Binge the whole thing. But they complain about watching Justice League the Snyder cut for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, have, I don't have a ton of interest. I mean, my dad, my dad's a big superhero buff. So he's always sending me articles about the Snyder cut and how it's so much better. And I'm like better than what we had is very relative <laughs> is it good because that's like being like well my last boyfriend was uh, an evil person so this one who's just does nothing is and is fine seems like prince charming <laughs> like he's like he sits on his couch and scratches his yeah it'll do balls day, <laughs> but he's better than what i had <laughs> i mean to its credit yes but also the, the thing was was that he, he crammed four hours of footage in this that was not seen in the original, I think, two hour one. So there was an extra two hours. And it's like people were complaining online about it, but they they will binge watch Kid Cosmic or Sailor Moon or whatever. It was just like it's like the dumbest thing. Well, it's because I think with binge watching, you're always like, just one more. You're like not planning on watching four hours. Whereas if you go into a movie and you're like, oh, this is four hours, you're like, ugh. Like but even still, even the movie, because you haven't seen it, you don't you didn't see it. It has it, it does chop itself off in chapters. So even if it, it, huh. it immediately once you get through one section, if they cover if they just follow Superman at one point, then they go to Batman. But it says chapter two. That's when you can stop and breathe. 
Okay. <laughs> at least. So it was like, where, where's the excuse at? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I'm weird about that stuff too. I'll I'll do all sorts of I I hate hypocrisy and yet I am I mean we're all hypocrites. <laughs> but like I'll be like human. Well, I don't want to do this and that, but or like I don't want to spend 30 minutes walking on my treadmill, but I'll spend like eight hours on YouTube and then be like, I don't have time to work out. I happen to know people who who run and go on marathons and jog, but when they go shopping, they want to park at the closest spot. To the- <laughs> <laughs> I've never gotten that because I don't like fighting. Like, I'm not the person who's going to sit and wait for a spot. Like, I'm like, I will submit. I am the weaker being Thank here. <laughs> I will just go farther. I don't want to fight you, sir. Like, I'm not that person who's going to be like, you took my spot. I mean, even at like Christmas time, I'm just. Or even to- just make circles around for like 15 minutes. Yes. Yes. I'll, I'll make circles. I, I mean, to be fair, maybe I'm too passive because uh, my therapist is like, you don't put yourself first ever. So like, even if I'm driving on the freeway, I've gotten better about this, but I used to be somebody who's like, I need to get over. I need to get over. Oh, right. Oh, I'm missing my exit. Okay. I'll just add an extra 15 minutes and try to go back around. And now I'm a little bit more like I'm moving over. My signal is on. I'm yeah, And then it, it, it works. So I'm realizing like, okay, I'm being a little more assertive, but yeah, you're right. Like why you're saving yourself like 20 feet, like, or I don't know, maybe not 20 feet. It's like, just the weirdest thing. It's just, just park further, man. You're going to spend less time than if you sit there and wait for 15 minutes for somebody to like, you're like, all right, their lights are on. They're, they're going to back up any second now, any second now. <laughs> also, that stresses me out as the person who's like, I'm trying to find my podcast. Like, I don't, if you're there, I feel like, like I've had times again, not putting myself first where I'm like, oh, I don't want to make them wait. Right. Even though they're the one who chose to wait. So then I'll like rush out without even like putting my map in. I don't know where I'm going. And then I have to pull over somewhere and actually do my Google map there. And it's just like, I should, I should be like, screw you. Like, <laughs> So you talked about just you talked about kind of putting your own spin on Joe uh, because that's, you know, an an original animation that you guys put together. But I noticed, you know, getting to know you a little over the time that we you've been on the show and ever and I've followed your career that I feel like there are roles that you play, which have a bit of your own personality and signature charisma to them. I mean, there's one thing to say for Joe um, but is this something that you try to implement in all the characters that you portray or, or, or work to portray or, you know, is it, are you going fully intended or as to what they are supposed to be? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think part of it's that the casting director's job is to pick somebody who's already kind of right for the role. Mm-hmm. So usually if I'm getting cast, it's because something about me, they want me to bring to the character. So whether it's like that charisma as you said i'm not that's not me being like i'm so charismatic but like <laughs> no um char- like you know char- charisma or like i've been told that i have a hard time playing dumb which is a compliment i guess because like they were like like whenever i try to play flighty characters i still sound like i'm in charge right, even, right. even like with like junko it's like, like you still have like, like you have common sense every single yeah like even if i'm like being like oh my gosh i'm so excited to be here like you can tell that i'm like i'll destroy you like it's, it's not like oh my god i what like like amanda Seyfried does such a good job uh as as um was it karen in mean girls mm-hmm. like that to me would be the hardest character to play to convincingly play somebody who's like my boobs can tell when it's rainy <laughs> but like she seems like a real person like when i do it i'd look like i'm some like a mental patient escaping <laughs> um like my boobs can sense the rain um you asked me a question and my brain went poop. 
what and that's why this makes a great show <laughs> i oh my gosh this is this is what having conversations with me is like in real life which is funny because i didn't i didn't actually like i was like diagnosed later with add like literally this year because i always just thought that's how people's brain work Right. But like my my friend Timmy, he has ADD and he's like, you know, we both talk exactly the same. Like when we when we talk, we're, we're like we follow that that weird random thread. Right. And so it's like kind of nice to be like, oh, OK, like we both know what's happening. Right. Um, anyway, but you said you have a question about your character being but, you're putting your spin on it. Yes. yes. Sorry. And also, I need to stop talking over you because it's a podcast and people are going to be like, oh, my God, uh, you're fine. <laughs> I get so anxious when i hear people interrupting people on podcasts mm -hmm. like it's like i have to turn it off like if they talk over each other too much i'm like huh, huh, stop well, just one at a time I, I tend not to always do that I, you know a little secret thing that i do i like i try to avoid what i call convo crashing okay <laughs> so i always avoid that so i always let to make sure that you get the right get everything you said out and then i'll just interject in so you know that's my secret <laughs> Yeah. And I need to, I need to make sure that like, I don't keep adding things after I'm done. Cause people are like, okay, she's done. And I'm like, oh, here's another little quirk. And it's like, stop it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So when you, the stuff you bring to the character, so that's definitely something I think every actor needs to know is like, what do you bring? So for me, mm -hmm. I tend to bring like a snarkiness or like a kind of, well, it's funny. Cause it's like, it's like, I guess they're like detached characters where it's like, like an April Ludgate or something where it's like, I don't care. Right. And the funny thing is, I'm like, I have anxiety and all these things. And like, I, in real life, inside, I'm probably a lot more like Joe, mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm very like, everything has to be perfect. I have to control everything. Right. If I don't, the world is going to explode and it's going to be my fault. Um, so like, there's like multiple Amandas, but like the Amanda that's like chill is like probably like the Amanda that like was built to like function in the world and then there's the inner amanda that's like ah you know like <laughs> the, the the inner amanda who like needs to pile like 75 pounds of weighted blankets on her just to try to like calm down and be like go to go to sleep <laughs> go under like that's probably what i'm doing i'm probably just trying to smother myself so i can just like just like if you're not going to go under then just you just, just go to sleep just right putting a pillow over my own face kind of thing <laughs> and let's not let's hope let's not that be weighted yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a weighted, weighted. That will defeat his purpose, guaranteed. I mean, that's kind of funny. The idea of like, are you, uh, are you a killer? But you just <laughs> don't want to do that much work. Introducing the weighted pillow. <laughs> like you just lay it on, and you like, do your arms get tired trying to smother your grandma for her insurance money? Uh, from I'm the, watching a lot from of the company, your pillow girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like it's like murder pillow, but it's like it's like it's cute and it like comes in like different colors. Right, it's right. Like you know, holiday but, themes. Exactly. Like it's I'm gonna uh, this this needs to be. A oh sketch, dear lord! It's, it's a very brainstorming. It's a very specific sketch. That's the thing. Is like as I'm doing these, like I'm trying to you know create these like TikTok things where I'm like, okay, what is my voice? And I'm like, oh, my voice is darker than I think people want it to be. <laughs> Um, but you have the such you have such a cheerful voice and tone that it doesn't come off like that though. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but like I, yeah, like I, it's, it's funny. It's I like the like little I, Ray her look, but she has a chainsaw behind. <laughs> I guess, yeah, like where it's like, yeah, well, and that's the funny thing. Like I posted some stuff on my. I, that's since then. I finish your sentence. People don't know what you're saying, Amanda. 
like I'm like I'm like oh yeah so since then I'm like I didn't say what then was anyway so I posted some of my TikTok videos to my Instagram account and I find that some some of my anime fans take things very literally um so like I had a video where I was talking about oh what was it oh I was like making joke I mean I was with my like deadpan face but I was talking about how reincarnation sounds like bullshit where I'm like (laughs) look I don't want to come back. Like, I'm not going to end this life. Like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to, you know, quit my subscription early, but I'm not re-upping it. Like, I've right. had a, I've had a 30 year trial. This is, this is, you did not impress me. No, thank you. You know, and <laughs> just kind of being like, I'm tired. Just the thought of being born again and doing this all over again makes me want to take a nap. Right. And like, <laughs> so I had people being like, you know isn't your life great aren't you a voice actor like it's like dude it's, it's first of all it's a joke but also I had, I had somebody messaged me being like which i was kind of like oh thank you because i still have like confidence issues but like they were like for somebody so attractive on the outside i never would have thought your insides would be so like, i don't know exactly what it was but it was just very like judgmental and very like i would never thought you'd be so dark and cynical and have such you know dark insides but you know you never know Sometimes I really wonder what will really happen the day that everybody's just fully tired of the internet and social media itself and and go back to living their lives and actually talking to people in person to understand context. Oh my gosh, yeah, I've 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 stopped watching the news as much cuz I find that the news it used to be about facts and now it's like everything's spin. It's There's not, always a narrative being being put out. Yeah. And I'm having to like find a zillion different links like click through click through click through to get to the primary source and be like that's mm-hmm. not what this bill said or that's not what actually happened and, and thank like- you for even searching for the primary source because there are times that people just go to the the, the top of the layer which is probably the like shortest amount of information yeah. and just go by that or even just a headline it just go by Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The number of times people will like read a headline, which my dad, so my dad, I think it helps because my dad was an information officer in the air force. So he kind of always taught us like, got to go to the source, go to the source, also synthesize a lot of different information. And if there's a common thread, then that's probably closer to the truth. Yes. Also the, the the truth is usually going to be in the middle of two extremes. Like that's that, that's college level. (laughs) And yeah. And I feel like they're not teaching that anymore. Like I feel like now I don't think it's a matter of not even teaching that, but sometimes when, when you talk, when you hear when people, when you talk to people on social media, mm-hmm. you don't know their degree of education. You don't know their level of education. So some people don't understand, like when you're in college, you, you do term papers, they tell you, don't just look at, when you look for resources and references, don't just look at the, <laughs> don't listen to, don't listen to the first thesis of an article or the first paragraph. Don't, uh, you know, or just a highlights. Don't, when you look at, when you uh, watch the news, don't rely on the full Five minute segment. There's right. so much more to what you're talking about. They're just highlighting the things. You got to do the homework, which is so important. And people now we have we live in a short attention society where people just go off to deepen off of just the just the context of what somebody is saying, yeah. which is probably reading the wrong way or just reading the headlines and just going by that. No, I, I 100% agree. And I, it's funny. I'm like, oh, I don't want to get political. And then I'm like, because I'm secretly very political, but I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to make anybody. You got to pick your battles and pick your time. But like, I, because I guess I have unpopular opinions, but like for me, I'm always about, I try to be about truth more than being right. So it's funny because I get right, called a, right, a know-it-all. Exactly. Like my, like one of my old roommates is like, you're such a know-it-all. I'm like, no, I'm a know a lot, but that's because I've earned it because I do the research. So she would be spouting stuff like, well, this person did this. I'm like, actually, 
Like I've become that person. I'm the, I'm the well actually person. And I used to hate that person. And now I kind of get it where it's like, look, do and you care about why. the truth? Or That is exactly why you have a hard time, a hard time playing dumb. Yeah. Cause I'm always, well, cause also I'm always aware that I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'll have opinions and then go, if somebody presents new information, I have to synthesize it. I don't just shut right. it down and be like, well, that's dumb. Like, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll share stuff like actual numbers or actual studies. And I'll have people be like, well, I don't trust economists or I don't trust these people. It's like, what? Like, so, so you're just going by your feelings. So I don't know. I used to be, I'm very, I'm a very feeling person. So I think that's the reason that I have to be so extreme with the way I think right. uh, where I go, have to go on more objectivity and facts. Cause if I go by feelings, I'll just be like, Oh, every, the world's awful. Everybody hates everybody. And we're all going to, you know, the country's going to burn to the ground. And so like, realizing that like it's not always but a lot of times things the truth is usually going to be in the middle of two extremes and people think oh being centrist is 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 oh you're apathetic it's like no i'm i have very strong opinions right but i tend to they don't tend to align with what people it's not like you know oh i'm i'm down the down this way or down this way it's like well in this situation i agree with this thing in this right. context i think this was the right thing to do but yeah. i don't know like i i think i guess that's maybe what it is i'm agnostic about a lot of things where like i'll have a strong opinion but then if somebody goes hey actually a new study's come out that's been peer reviewed right. and it shows this and i go okay and i have to like my my system has to re it re- you know, pretty much reconfigure itself yeah yeah reconfigure itself so i'm constantly reconfiguring myself so like I'm different than even a year ago. Like I'm completely right. different but, and, in a lot of it, my views. And in some places, that's the way we all should be. We should it all should be. we should all not rely on the things uh you know of our past because a lot of things have changed and there's some maybe some different perspectives and views. Right. Like, and that's that's my but I'm also very much about bringing people together because I think people think we're so divided and so extreme. And there's definitely people who are extreme. There's definitely people that we shouldn't be like, yay about, but at the same time. I always thought, oh, well, these people are just evil. And then I right. started talking to them and being like, oh, what? why do you believe what you believe? And not in a judgmental way, because some right, people right. will be like, oh, well, why would you even think that? And it's like, so they're already coming into it with the thing. I genuinely was like, look, I think you're a smart person. I just can't wrap my head around how you believe this. And I realized I was getting fed a lot of BS. So that again, all that to say, why did I start talking about that? Cause I was talking about the news. I'm really mad at the news. I started realizing how much they lie to me. And I'm like, dude, that's not the story. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, and I did learn though, that my dad told me that headlines tend to not be the writer's choice. Right. It's the editor. So that's so, so I'm like, okay. Cause I used to be like writer. How could you, that's not, cause sometimes you'll click on a headline and then you read the article and the article is not even what the headline. Right. Was. Exactly. So I thought they were misleading me on purpose, but it seems like the editor's the one who's like, this is going to get clicks and that we need to make money. So and I I've read enough Spider-Man uh, issues to know that Jane Joda and Jameson always change around. And <laughs> there you go. Like, exactly. It's like, it's like, this will sell. And I totally get it. And that's again, at the end of the day, I can't remember why I started talking about the news. I think something about truth, but right. it, it was because you got to understand everybody has some kind of agenda and that's not even a conspiracy theory thing. It's like, you know, to get clicks, they're not going to post something like, hey, this person went to work and had a pretty normal day. Right. That's not going to get people to click, but they're going to be like, guy, normal guy goes to work. Bomb gets dropped on his building or, you know, whatever, whatever happened. Like, you know, he, his, his, the, the sinkhole opens up under his office and sucks only him into the earth. Mm-hmm. That happened in Florida. Uh, not in an office. He was in his bed. Oh, wow. And to me, I'm like, look, that was your time. Like that, the sinkhole 
only just under his room while he was sleeping. Like it wow. found him. <laughs> anyway. Ooh. So, so no, well, we're going to, we're going to ask, go on to another thing, because last time we spoke, you were in the West coast Mm -hmm. and you were planning to go to Georgia to pursue your new opportunities. How has it been, especially everything, especially with everything that was 2020? (laughs) Um, So it's been good. I actually just had a meeting right before this with my agent because I'm getting new headshots on Thursday. Awesome. Um, I love your headshots, by the way, because you always bring something different. Thank you. Yeah, I you're supposed to get them kind of it depends. Like when you're older, you don't need them as often. Like when you're a teenager, you're growing all the time. So you need a yeah. new headshot every couple months or whatever. But like right. for not I don't know, every year or something. Right. But mine are probably from like two or three years ago and also probably like three hundred pounds not three hundred pounds, Jesus. Uh thirty pounds ago. Right, uh, <laughs> three hundred pounds. That's the weighted. That's the weighted blankets. <laughs> yeah, the weighted blankets make me feel like I'm heavier than I am. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> I, and also like your type changes. Like as you get older, like you know, like today they're like, oh yeah, you could maybe play young mom. Like I used to right. be like, I'm a college student, even though I was like thirty. Um, right, right. And so now she's like, I think you've moved up from like twenty one to like the twenty five to thirty three range. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Um. <laughs> Because, you know, in our business, it's nice to be like, I can play young forever. I'm going right. to be a, a teenager on the CW, even if I'm in my 40s. And then when I'm in my 40s, I'll play a grandmother. 21 Jump Street, 2022. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the, uh, no, but it's been going well. Like, I've had opportunities here. I mean, that's the thing is I always feel a little bit embarrassed because I'm like, I haven't booked anything yet. Mm-hmm. But I also, you know, last year kind of put everything on pause. So there really wasn't a ton. Right. Some people were still working, but not not like my type, I guess. Like maybe right. um, I don't know who was working, but I know I have I have some guy friends. I think there because there was like a wrestling show here or something. So I think that you know there was it was more like that group. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say what. No, I think I can say what it is. Um, but it was it was like there's a show here called Heels, which looks really cool. Oh yes, um, yes, um, Stephen Amell, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm excited about that one, although. <laughs> I had uh, I had a thing. I'm like I'm like, did I sign an NDA for this? I don't think about so. that. Before you talk. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. So I uh, oh, the very last audition I had right before the pandemic was for overweight, an overweight character. Like it was mm-hmm. literally in the name, and then the whole scene, the guy's just like berating me for eating so much, and like, and I remember being like, oh no, I'm TV fat now. Um, <laughs> and oh. so like i use that as motivation to be like no i want to be one of the wrestlers on this show like i i can leg press 500 pounds like for forever like i, I mean i know leg press isn't that impressive because you're seated it's not like a squat but like even <laughs> like i'm pretty i'm pretty strong i got a lot of muscle mass like i i could i have a video of me lifting a castmate uh, uh, up over my head and like fireman carrying him like oh, wow. i can do that so i'm All like right, no man. i'm like i need to lose weight so i can be one of the wrestlers on this show like mm-hmm. I, that's what i want to be so I caused the pandemic, I think, because I was, I was like, I just need like, like six months to a year to like lose like, you know, 30 pounds and I will then, I, and then I can re-audition for this show. Cause like, I, I was like, I need the pilot to pause for some reason so mm-hmm. I can lose the weight and then audition for one of the main, one of the, the characters. And, uh, that I did lose the 25 pounds, uh, mm-hmm. but, but I did not uh, audition for one of the the leads and also uh i mean i don't even know if there's a lead character for me but uh also i gained back 
the 25 and then 10 more <laughs> in the past year. So like I lost who hasn't, I went, <laughs> look, uh, who hasn't, I'm trying to get rid of my COVID, uh, yeah, calories right now. So yeah, like, I, I think it's cause like in the beginning I was like, all right, I'm going to get a routine. This is actually kind of nice. Like, cause beforehand I was flying back and forth between LA and Atlanta, like several times a month to record. Cause they were originally like, we're not recording with you in Atlanta. Like you'll have to always come to LA in person to record. Oh wow! And I was, and I was like, well, I made this choice. Like I would rather live in another, across the country and fly to LA on my own dime than right. live in LA anymore. So, um, maybe I'm being a little dramatic, but. But is that, that's not the case now because everybody's been do- at home recording now so <laughs> I, I got the last laugh like it's funny because like i had i had several directors be like man you must have had a crystal ball or something <laughs> when you left we we're like she's not gonna have a career anymore she can't what is she thinking and now the now they're like you you moved to georgia i bought a house i mean and that makes it sound like fancy but like georgia's real cheap like right. I, I could afford it i have a friend who just bought a, the exact same size house exact same square footage my sister moved LA. there once and, and built a house from ground up over there yeah like i mean granted atlanta's definitely getting more expensive than it was like even like 10 years ago but for compared to coming from la i'm like this is cheap so my friend who bought the same size house in la around the same time as me he paid four times what i paid like, right wow. that's how big the cost of living difference is wow. so like i get to live in a place i love um i love also i just really love the south like how close everything is like i can drive down to florida from here i can drive to nashville i can drive to savannah or south carolina like i can drive i can drive to new orleans like they're all within like kind of like a six hour radius so i i love living here and now i can do my work from home and also because beforehand i was also flying to cons a lot which i think will come back out eventually yeah, eventually, but like they're already, they're already. Uh, I knew, I knew there are already some announcements. Like Repop has already announced a few things down, close to down to the fall. I have, I have one coming up like next month. It's like a one day thing, and they're they're trying a bunch of stuff where they're like, I guess like alternating people who come into the room. I don't. It, they're doing something, hmm. but um. So we'll see. But I, this is cool because for on camera they kind of require you to be available like all the time. Like they're like if are you available between june and november mm-hmm. and it's like it's a long time to be on hold but like now i'm auditioning for all these projects and i can genuinely say yes i will be i can be available because i don't have to fly back to la all the time and there's definitely gonna be projects i think like as la opens back up i think there'll definitely be projects that will go back to being in studio only yeah um but I don't know if I'm hoping maybe my reputation is enough that people who like working with me will still give me the chance to record from here. Um, Cause we recorded, I don't know how much, I mean, we recorded definitely a good bit of season one in the studio in LA, mm-hmm. but we, we recorded some in my booth too. So like it, they're fine with it. So like, you know, I'm hoping other animation people will be too. And I'm I, I tell you this, game. I've said this to a lot of, um, the guests that I've had the chance of uh, talking with who works on anime and everything, and it has been doing so at, at the comfort of their closet studios or homes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't tell the difference. And that's a, that's a testament. I, I see people online being like, oh, you can tell. You can't tell. You can't tell. Like, like if the engineers from the studios, like I ask, I'm always like, do you think like after the pandemic ends, I can still record from home? They're like, honestly, like it's I, they're like, I can't tell the difference. And so if my engineers for the shows can't tell the difference. Those are the same people who probably watched it on Tsunami when the message goes up and says, 
the the talent is uh, working, you know, in their convenes to get this out to you and all the stuff. Like they they always put they always give you a heads up that like they have a label like, on there. Yeah, they on on tsunami whenever a Funimation show comes on, they have an announcement. Especially when COVID really first hit, um, and everybody was quarantined, they really put up like the ta- the actors and talent were uh, trying to get or have gotten this out to you or something something to that extent. Um, that they're they don't blatantly say that you're working at home or voicing it, but they're getting it out to you as much as possible, meaning that you guys are working at home, getting these, you know, and the time because the timing and pacing, like you remember when when before pre uh, uh, pre COVID and pre pandemic, like you guys were knocking it out the park with the episodes and how fast they were getting out. Like Funimation mm-hmm. shows were coming out almost at the same time right, as the simul the dubs, so, like right? Exactly. So now because it kind of held things back now, so you know, that time frame is not as it was, as it was before. So they were trying to like be very patient. They're getting out to them and they were getting them out. Like the, my hero um, episodes were getting out fairly all for all, with all things considered. And then when you, when you heard them, it was like, I don't hear the difference. This is actually a testament to the great talent and quality of production that they have. It was honestly like there's, you know, obviously the pandemic itself was bad. You know, it wasn't like a great, I wish this could have happened under better circumstances, right. but some of the, I think this will have revolutionized the industry because they would not have done remote if they didn't have to. And now they're not as scared of it. So now they're like, hmm. So now they're a little bit more open to talent in other markets. So now when people right. ask, you know, how they get into voiceover, I'm like, honestly, like, no, nah, I mean, still do classes, like still do all that other stuff, yeah. like get the training. But now I don't know. I used to say like, you have to move to like Dallas or LA or New York right. or whatever. And now I'm like, you know, I don't actually know because they're they're more open. But the thing is, if they don't know you, like you might still have to go there for a little bit to develop those relationships, at least because people, right, 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 they they met and like and trust, and they're like, but you should every so often, you should get some type of you know human interaction every so often. Yeah, like just. And maybe even like doing stuff over Zoom might help, like just like so they can see like, okay, like this is a person. They're not crazy. Like um, (laughs) because that's the thing is like even for um, on camera auditions, what they've started doing since you can't go into the room, which is funny because Atlanta's never really been an in the room market. Like L.A., you have to drive across town to go to an audition to have your little one liner where it's like, would you like fries with that? (laughs) No, I have a outside my booth. I have um, a self tape set up and lights and all that. And I just record all my stuff from home. Sometimes I even record it without a partner. Like, so there's like other lines and then I'll just try to pretend to be the other person. But I'm not as convincing a voice actor as I thought I was. So I'm like, no, that still sounds like me, just higher pitch. Like that's, uh, but I'll like put the lines in later. So when I'm acting it, I'll just, I'll just, cause I don't like asking for help. <laughs> so like, you got, you got to find like a Kyle Abert or like, uh, or Fred Tadishore for stuff like that. Right. Some, yeah, somebody where it's like, this is clearly a different person. But the problem is it can't sound good. Like it can't sound like voiceover because it's being filmed on my phone. So it needs to sound similar. If I have, if I have somebody record it and then send me the file, it has to sound like it's in the same room. Right, right, um, right, right. This, the levels and everything, yeah. I just need to get more friends, honestly. Like oh. I have like, I have like one friend here who's like my best friend and then he's about to move. So now I'm like, oh, oh. I don't... I need to get better at making friends so anyway all that to say now with the fact that casting can't verify if you're not crazy they'll have you tell a story uh so basically they'll have you say slate and be like hi my name's Amanda Celine Miller I'm 5'8 and I live in Atlanta Georgia and then they'll say tell us a 30 second story about 
something that shows your personality or whatever or like what you did this week or something like that because they want to see that you're not like like the first thing that comes out of your mouth is like I smack somebody upside the head or <laughs> yeah it's like you know well I started my week off pretty well I went to the gym and then I went to my clan meeting you know and then I got like a stain I got salsa stain on my hood and I was like oh like oh this is why you know this is white like this is supposed to be pure or I don't know like some like racist crap or something like I don't know I like how you just like really quickly just move <laughs> like I said like my humor is very dark I'm just like I'm like yeah and you're never gonna see it coming like that like uh can you recite that one more time? Slowly? Oh yeah, yes, salsa. It's like no, the thing before the that, that other thing. I'm like, what? Jib? Um, no, that's because that's what comedy is to me. Comedy is surprise. I don't want to see it coming. So that's why I love like deadpan humor or like like Nick, uh, Nick Offerman type or something like that, where it's just right. like the face is completely neutral. So they they might see something ridiculous, and it takes you a second. And you're like, oh my god, I, like that's that's fucking freaking hilarious. Um, sleep it out or something I like you know you had one rule <laughs> one word I couldn't say right I said it anyway um but yeah so the, it's just funny to see like all the ways casting for on camera and voiceover are adapting because like mm-hmm. uh in voiceover auditions it'll say like recording remotely these weeks or whatever but I'm starting to see like must be able to come into an LA studio so they're starting to go back i think but i think we'll be i think we'll be like a hybrid industry from now on right so here's the thing too um i mean you're in you're in georgia i mean you're you're in georgia but you're in georgia Georgia. let's just put like that if you understand the context Mm. but in the event of everything that went on in 2020 we are seeing some action taking place in terms of uh representation and tv shows movies and other projects unfortunately black uh, lightning had to go yesterday and i'm very sad about that i saw that like well and also because my friend Cress is black lightning and like i mean i think he's they've done like what five seasons though like six Oh no, they they had some great season, and I will tell you this: we watched it yesterday, my, uh, myself and some of our uh, ACMG members on our uh, Facebook group. If they had to leave, they left on a great note. That finale is probably one of the best series finales I've seen this year so far. That's awesome, cool. So they 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 got closure because like I've they got so it, you know it's funny the episode was called closure, and okay. we indeed, I mean, they lived up to the very word. And I was very happy with everything that happened because, I mean, I did not want to see the go. We don't have that many representative uh, comic book series out there that is has some really cool storytelling and characters like Jefferson uh, Pierce was. And Chris did a hell of a job. They all did. And to see it go away, it was it was heartbreaking, but they at least let it, you know, put it off on a, such a good light. I can watch, I can rewatch the series in all of his glory from start to finish and be happy for what they did. I'm so glad to see such good stuff happen to such a good person because I knew him, you know, back when he was like, I mean, he had been on like Heart of Dixie. He'd done other stuff, but like he. Everybody knows him from Living Single though. (laughs) See, everybody from around the way. I I would just say that. I'm like, maybe I'm too, I mean, I don't think I'm too young for that. Maybe I just wasn't watching TV as much when, oh no, I watch TV. That Mm. was like what, in the early nineties or was that eight? It was, no, I was like, I would say mid uh, mid to upper because here's the funny thing. And a lot of people may not have known this, but they were the original friends. Okay. Yeah. And and I think that's the thing is I still haven't watched. I watched like a little bit of friends, but I feel like I was watching like straight up cartoons, even up until high school. So like you were I a very was, smart person to do so. <laughs> yeah. I was. I, was like, <laughs> I mean, I think I watched some 
thing live action things but it was like you know firefly or whatever like it was still like right. in the nerd world um right. and so like now i'm like i should go back and watch like seinfeld and friends and living single and all these oh shows. good lord if anything my god seinfeld yeah like i i watched when, when i was a kid you know it was on i'm like i don't get it and now right. I'm like, okay i'm smart enough to probably get it now and you probably relate to some of it as well and, and sure. then to some respect if you really are if you really love crest you will watch the single when he was oh yeah I'm, I'm kind of excited to see like like baby, baby crest next um, time next time you see him next the funny thing is he didn't age oh no like he's yeah he's like when he really didn't age much from that time i'm like that's that's crazy I and mean, that's for me to say and i'm like i'm black and i'm saying like he didn't he didn't age much. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like black don't crack, but you're a vampire. But, but damn, homie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, saw uh, somebody's there's like that challenge going around where people on social media are posting like, I don't know yeah. what it is, like 10 years ago or, or just an old photo from your childhood or so, yeah. something like that. And like somebody posted like their high school yearbook photo and now they're like mid 40s. I'm like, was this taken yesterday? Like, <laughs> this is insane. Like, like this, I, I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of a, a heads up. Like next time you see him. Say hey, Scooter. See if he responds. Okay. That was his character on oh, uh, Live a Single. Hey, look. Hey, hey, Scooter. Hey. <laughs> That's see how he responds. I want to. I want to see that. I don't think I've because I've, I've seen him on like, Heart of Dixie, but like I don't think I'd seen his like early, oh, he, early. Stuff. Yeah, when he was in there, he was he made his he made his he made his uh, statement on it because people loved him because he was um, Queen Latifah's you know uh, significant other from okay. back in the day that they grew up together and then he you know became an item and everything. And people really clang on to their chemistry and everything on here. It was really awesome. Cool. So, I'm, but, I'm I'm glad then. Like, and I know that after, even though the show's ended, like they're about to head back to LA. I think they're actually pretty happy because like they're LA babies, him and his wife, like they grew up out there. <laughs> so like, I kept trying to get them to adapt. Cause like, you know, they're out, out here in Atlanta shooting. And I was like, oh yeah, like we'll, we'll hang out all the time. And I'll take them to theater. But like, I think they're just like, we don't, this is new and scary. <laughs> we want to go back to our beaches and our family so i think they're they're pretty excited like well, here's that. the deal though like from your perspective how far has hollywood come oh, yeah. uh or how much more do we have to go to uh, you know providing opportunities for people we know you know tyler perry's doing his thing as well mm -hmm. you know really well which is probably why you know house values probably gotten up down there, but in terms of orientation of people of color, like how's it been since the last time we even spoke? Oh, I feel like this could get loaded. This See, is one of those topics where I have an opinion where some people don't agree, but <laughs> I. I mean, you got to keep. I mean, I, I get it, but this is the time where we need to keep it real too. Okay. Well, then I'm like, well, here we go. I'm learning because like, I've always been somebody who's like, I'm going to hide everything about me. So people like me. And I'm like, well, maybe I, maybe it's okay. If people are like, ah, we should cancel her. It's like, okay. Um, I think we've definitely come a long way and I am glad to start seeing I'm just, I'm glad to start seeing that it's not I don't, even like 10 years ago, people were like, okay, well, if you're ethnic, you're just going to play the best friend. Like there's a certain understandings of like, you're never going to have, a black woman female romantic comedy lead or whatever like that there's just certain things where we're just like nobody wants to see it and then seeing the success of black panther or wonder woman or hunger games or i don't know like any movie where there's a a, a female or person of color lead yeah. um do well like it's been like it I, it's been so nice to see that opening doors and then, you know, Crazy Rich Asians did really well. And now they're like, oh, I guess people do want to see. Love Asians that movie. Screen. Yes. You know, like, and so the, 
I love that. I love that we're starting to get more storytelling experiences. They're like more, more diversity in storytelling um, and more like more conversation about it just in general. Like people now I, I, I feel like where I differ is that I, on one hand, I get, I, we want people to have opportunities, Mm -hmm. but like in voiceover, we're getting to a point where we're like, must actually be bisexual Mm. or must actually be mixed race versus like being black or what you know like like they're getting so specific in other words i think i understand it in other words like instead of being an actor that is able to portray a certain type of you know um characteristic Mm -hmm. they want specifics and it's it's weird because i'm like what does bisexual even sound like like this is voiceover like and also it's none of your business who i've who i have and have not had sex with like we're getting to a point where i'm kind of like can it just be about the acting but I understand if it's like a character with like an accent or something like that, like something where there's like a cultural thing. But honestly, like people will hire me because they're like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're part black. And then they'll ha- want me to sound a certain way that they have, have an idea in their head. I'm like, sorry, this is what you got. This is what I sound like. Right. Like, I wasn't raised in whatever culture you think we just all inherently sound like. Yeah, that, that barrier needs to bring car. You know, so like, I kind of don't like it. Like when I get auditions, like a lot of times I'll get auditions for parts because I'm a person of color. And for me, and again, whatever, I need to stop qualifying things. You just be like, this has been my experience. I personally have not been held back by it, but I also know I'm a very light skinned, almost, you know, what is it? they say like light, bright, damn near white kind of thing. So I'm sure that I've had a lot more privilege. So I personally have never been held back by being a person of color. I've only had more opportunities because of it. Cause my agent's like, this is great. We can submit you for white and black, you know, like for me, it doubles my opportunities. Right. So I feel weird being given like a handout of a role where like, we're only seeing black women for this. So it's like, cause I'd want to, Martin Luther King's dream. I want to beat all races. Mm. I want to be able to audition and know that it was because I was the best person out of everyone who auditioned, not right. that I was the best black woman out of like a pool of 10 women or whatever. Like, and, base, and basing it on pure talent at that. Yeah. I mean, and I, so like, I, I feel like it's one of the things where there should be a balance where it's like, yes, if we can strive to get somebody who's actually of a group, especially because there's a lot of people who are very talented and when you specify, we would like somebody who's actually of that group, you're expanding your casting pool. Because casting directors, you know, they're busy. They, if they know somebody's good, they'll just keep hiring them again and again and again and not be forced to look for new talent. So what I like is that when they're looking for actual non-binary people or actual anything, they probably didn't have that person on their roster before. Right. So like, even for like Kid Cosmic, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure like, you know, like the character design, you could tell that she was, you know, that she was black and like- right. I don't know if they only, I'm, I'm assuming that they probably only auditioned black girls. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they auditioned a bunch of other people and I just got the part fair and square. But like, mm-hmm. there's, uh, why did I start? I had a point. I started talking about Joe, Kid Cosmic. And like, I, I think that like the director once was like, no, like you got the part because you were, you were like the best one for it. But like, there's always part of me that's like, did I just get it because I was, you know, this and that. But ultimately I didn't, I didn't care because like, I love that character so much. Right. But I... What? No, there was a point. There was a point. Come back. Come back. Oh, Kid Cosmic. Kid Cosmic. Kid Cosmic. It'll I mean, if anything, back. they could have gotten like, I, you know, I'm surprised because normally like um, pre-summer would have probably gotten a role. Well, she is in the show. 
Well, she is in the show, but I would I would I was very surprised that she get, didn't get that role. Well, she was in the waiting room when I had my callback. So I definitely was like, oh my God, am I up against Cree Summer? And she was so, <laughs> she was so sweet. She was like, right. so, so oh, She is sweet. awesome. But like, I didn't know she was Queen John until I saw the credits. I was like, she like completely disguised her. Like, I, cause like normally I'm like, oh, I can recognize her. But like there I'm like, oh, like she, you know, Queen John is a cool, like the, the jellyfish lady. Right, yes. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, the whole reason I was talking about Joe, the Joe thing was because I had never been on their radar before. Right. Like. So they were forced to go outside their normal pool of people and they discovered me because of that. So on one hand, I don't want to get rid of like the push for trying to be, uh, I don't want to say, say appropriate or ethnic specific or whatever, but like right. try. Now for me, I'm like, uh, if you can't find enough, like I'm okay with like, I don't know, if you can, if you can portray something authentically, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Like if you're making like a big stereotype, you know, like an Apu thing or something like that. Then I'm like, you know, but even then, like that was of its time. Um, and now we go, oh, okay, maybe that's not okay. Right. But yeah, so for me, I kind of have an issue when it's like, we're so specific that it's like, oh, you can't audition for a part that is this because you're not actually that or whatever. Right. It's like, guys, it's voiceover. And I know like <laughs> my friend KG is always very vocal about it. It makes me laugh because he's like, he's, he has the same opinion. He's like, I want to crush all of you. I want to get to a point where like you're auditioning for Asian parts and I'm still beating you and I'm auditioning for white parts and I'm still beating you because I'm the best, you know, it's like, <laughs> he's, he's really funny. Um, yeah. So I just, I, I, I would love, and I, maybe one day we'll get to that point where like, it doesn't matter what race you are or what I think, your sexuality yeah, is when in voiceover. Yeah. I think that we're just trying to figure things out right now. Right. And when we finally catch that balance, I think that's when we're that balance of, we already have been given so many opportunities. Now let's see who's the best at what, but we're doing it in a respectful way. We're doing it in a considerable way. I don't think, I think we're getting in that path, you know, from my perspective, I feel like that's where it's going, but you're in the inside. So it's like, I can only say, but so much and see, but so much. It's the, it's the pendulum swing. Like when, like we were trying to course correct something. So we we're going a little too far one way. And I, I think eventually we're going to start to find our way back. Cause I've started seeing that where they're like, look, we have to cast 200 Asian people for this game. We understand there's not even 200 Asian voice actors in LA. So, so they're we're realizing like, okay, we're going to try to prioritize those talent. Like, but if we don't find them, we will, because because like a bunch of like white white voice actors were asking like Asian voice actors, they're like, can we audition for this? Is it okay? So that's where that conversation with KG came from, where he's like, yeah, audition away, because I want to beat everyone. I don't <laughs> care, you know. Like, um, but I will say, and like this, I mean, this is more of a question for you, maybe. I get into it with my dad a little bit because he's like he's a big superhero buff, and he's always like, oh, cool, there's gonna be um you know this gender bent version of this thing or there's going to be this race swapped version of this thing and to me i'm like yay because to me i think it's lazy because i don't really want to see a character that's traditionally been white or whatever suddenly be like oh look it's this but now they're black i'm like how about you give me like a static shock or like a new character that like right like a, you know a black panther or something where it's like that character <sighs> I, I mean, like, I'm, yeah. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, that is is such an interesting conversation because that comes up a lot among fans. Mm-hmm. It depends on the situation. It really depends on the situation. Sometimes it is warranted. Sometimes it is good. Other times it is like, yes, just like you said, 
why not just make a separate character and redo it and just make it its own? Why right. do you have to make a female this or a black this or a, Cause it you feels know, like sloppy seconds. Like to me, right. I'm not, and, and not all the time, not all the time. Sometimes it is, you know, sometimes it works. Other right. times it's just like, you could tell it's being force fed. And then other times it's just like, like you said, it may be some lazy way of doing it, or it may be a PR stunt. And that's my, that's my problem is like, I have a big problem. I feel like wokeness has infiltrated that area where they're like, look at us. And they're pandering onto it to get to attract, you know, the yeah, attention. Like they're, they're not doing it. Cause like, Oh, Hey, we happen to hold auditions and this person just happened to be the best actor. And we've decided to like retrofit it. They're like, we specifically are like, what if we did this? But now they're a chick. It's like, we're not a, like, I'm not a novelty. Like you can't yeah. like tell a new story, but don't just be like, it's this person, but now they have a, a virgine, you know, or like it, this it, person, it, but now they have melanin. <laughs> it's like, tell a new story that's fresh and don't get like, really, like sloppy yeah. seconds. I, it really just depends on a situation because sometimes it does work and sometimes you just, it's transparent and you see what, what they're really doing. I'll give you an example because this, this weirdly discussion came up. Uh, I, I believe Kevin Feige of Marvel Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an article out. I don't know to what extent or how many articles are on this that are saying that was saying that like he regrets whitewashing the ancient one on Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot the actress who played it, who Tilda played Swinton. the ancient one, but I know she was phenomenal. And regardless of, I know that the ancient one was a male and I believe of Asian descent. She really made it convincing and she her portrayal was really well done to the point that I was like, I did not mind this at all. Mm. This for this particular role, I was great with it. I was cool with it. There are times that <laughs> that it just comes off so cheaply done, and like it's just like, now nah, you you're just trying to you're just pandering now. And that, that's the things I used to get so mad when people are like, ugh, because I thought they were being racist or misogynist. And some people, some people in the fandom can be, but I've noticed it now that I'm like, oh, I see it now, and I feel like they're just like they think we're stupid, is what yeah. I feel. Where they're like, look at. You'll, you'll, you'll all, you idiots will all flock to the theater because now we've just, we've just made this cheap substitution and now we know that we're going to get all your money. And it's like, right. dude, tell a new story. And like, that's, I think that's why, you know, things like Black Panther did so well because it wasn't just, hey, here's this established character. And I don't have a problem so much with being like, hey, you know, I don't know, here's Mary Jane and she's in Dyer or whatever. Like, right. like I thought she did a great job with it. Mm-hmm. But there are times where it feels like you said it's a PR stunt or it feels and like it's, it's not for the sake of the authenticity or the art, you know, of the writing and, and the storytelling. Mm-hmm. It just is a blatant poster. <laughs> right. Like they're not they're not there. You can't just swap people in and out as if they're just like interchangeable. Like things there has to be a to point change. to it. There has to be. Yeah. You know, what, what is you know, is it just the same narrative, the same story? that's going on the same premise but you just made them you know a different ethnicity right or is it like that is a different in the coloring book like right exactly like we're gonna color this one brown instead of white Look, exactly or is it basically that there's a back there's going to be a backstory to why this person is of this ethnicity or whatever like that but also it is the character based on you know so if you add a little bit more narrative to that backstory of the character to me that it it you're, you're you are ha- you do have intentions you do have somewhat good intentions to it so i that i'm it, okay with it, and it can go back and forth because even then like i don't like things that are heavy-handed either so there's times where they're like well if you haven't realized i'm black and i'm a black, <laughs> black, black, black you know like so it's kind of like you know so it's, i think like movies like with will smith were a good example where it's like he is clearly a black man 
but the whole thing isn't about him like you know like why is there a black man on my screen like you just right. like, oh there's a black man who happens to be a superhero like hitchcock right. or whatever like and i like the way that those are done because like they kind of i don't know it's such a balance but yeah in storytelling i feel like you can't be preachy and you also it needs to be subtle it needs to be needs, very subtle yeah subtle show don't tell and that's exactly. my big problem with a lot of these projects that you know and i, I feel like if i say wokeness people are gonna be like oh you're what you're you're whatever and it's like no i'm not like alt right or whatever but i'm also just like i want a good story and i don't want you to insult my intelligence by thinking i'm so dumb that you need to force feed all the morals like you know it's like do you do you get it this mm -hmm. is an allegory to this thing that's happening in real life it's like i want it to be so subtle that i'm like oh my gosh like when i'm talking about it later i'm like what like that to me is really good storytelling and I, I did a paper on this uh, and i'm gonna make christians mad uh, i used to be very religious and i even went to seminary for a semester but then i dropped out after i'm like eh, i don't know uh <laughs> i don't know if i believe this anymore um but i wrote a paper on because the class was called aesthetics of atheism and it the because i figured if i'm gonna if i'm gonna spend thirty thousand dollars on a master's degree i might as well start off with the most challenging course and challenge my beliefs and if i don't make it through oh you took you took religion and philosophy too well i, I took the very first class i only took one class, like, i took one class like in the semester and it was and it was aesthetics of atheism and afterwards i'm like i don't know like it's not it wasn't like a i'm an atheist it's more just like i'm like i don't know i cannot you're, say you're, yeah right so i did a paper in that class that i feel like it makes has parallels to kind of like the whole pandering thing where yeah. I explained why I think secular or non-religious specific or atheist I guess I, movies aren't necessarily atheist but just secular movies tend to be better than a lot of the Christian entertainment that I was raised on you know it's mm -hmm. just like it's always cheesy it's always like and I was trying to explain why and part of it is that Christian entertainment has a has a has a message they're trying to tell you there's and they, a narrative they, yeah there's a narrative and they really need you to get it so it's like cinema is supposed to raise question cinema the arts right. i don't know stories are supposed to good stories raise questions right they don't answer them for you mm. so that, that at least that's how i feel like if a movie to me when a movie's hitting you over the head it's because they're answering the question they're like here's the problem and the solution is this it's like <laughs> Like I want a movie that like, raises discussion. Like I know a lot of people had a lot of opinions about it, but when I saw Joker in the theater, me and my friend were talking about it the rest of the day. Like we're like, oh my gosh, like was was this real or was that in his head? And like also like, I mean that's not okay, but I also see like I want something that makes me have to go inside. But if you're just spoon feeding us morals and telling us how we should feel about things, and like this is bad, right? This is, <laughs> this is a bad thing. It's like we get it. Like I just want to be entertained. And there's and it's not even just movies. Other forms of entertainment has done that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, because I, I, you know, I work in you know promotion and all this stuff too from time to time. And I see like it's like me taking a red pill. So I kind of see everything that's that, that's really going on. And why they're doing this and how they're doing this. And I know the target audience that they're trying to focus at and who's going to fall for this or whatever like that. So trust me, I, I totally concur with that. Good. Well, I'm like, I'm always worried. I'm like, some people, they, they hear certain words and they're like, those sound like buzzwords for this group. And I'm like, it's not. It's just that I'm like, hey, I like this part. I don't like that part. Like, I wish we could kind of learn to, instead of just going from one extreme to the other, being like, okay, well, in this context, I like this, but here I don't like it so much. And being able to say, okay, well, that that one was definitely like <laughs> people being racist. And this one was like, no, they had a point. Like this is, right. 
sloppy. But that's what it's that's what it's about. We're supposed to open for discussion. We're supposed to have a Socrates cafe that allows everybody to actually have a discussion to come up with a solution, not to be enemies, not to like the minute that you say something that you don't agree with your enemy. I had this discussion and I just had this discussion with somebody on, on social media just recently in our ACMG Facebook group. Shout out to all you guys out there um, about whether this is just be interesting for you, whether the Emmys or the Golden Globes should consider video games an actual category based on performances. Yeah. Majority of the poll, like 99.5% of the poll said yes. The one said no. And he, uh, we had a conversation about it and he said it was a whole different medium. I'm like, from what I understand from other actors who are voice actors and both of those, you too as well. Um, for God's sakes, you played many video, you played in many video games, including one named Jackass. I just started playing. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, I mean, there's some lot of similarities in terms of, you know, just the performances and the storytelling and everything like that. Like I, I get emotionally attached to the stories in these productions as much as I would on a movie and, and stuff like that. And he felt because, you know, he he's he uh, a member of the AEA. And stuff like that, which, you know, that's theater. Yeah. But it's kind of different from this aspect that you're doing. And we got into a discussion. And But at the end of it, we were okay. We were still cool. We <laughs> Right. You weren't like, I'm never talking to you again. Right. Like, I, oh, God. I mean, it got heated for like a little bit, <laughs> but it was like, and we kind of, you know, context was being taken taken off a bit. But at the end, we were like, all right, no, we're cool. We're, you know, that's what it's all about. You need to have that. <laughs> It's so funny that like, ob- not, I feel like objective is not even the right word. Cause like, what is objective truth? Like now I've gotten, I've gotten into a lot of philosophy where I'm like, why do we know what we know? Mm-hmm. You think this is true, but why do you think that is true? If this could be true too. Like examine, like I sit in a lot of cognitive dissonance all the time. And I think people yeah. need to get used to that again, because we are just so la- intellectually lazy now. Yes. I didn't mean this, this is supposed to be like a like a fun nerdy podcast. <laughs> that's the thing is people think like oh if you're centrist then you're then you're you have no opinions i have plenty of opinions i just try not to put them out because people are getting mad at me but like yeah like just we need to i hate that term i was gonna say we need to normalize but like let's normalize there's there's certain terms that just anytime somebody uses them i'm always like oh you're annoying like guys especially when they use it pretentiously yeah they're like uh, yeah it's i think it's the self-righteous thing of like guys Let's normalize blood and like whatever it is because they, not doing. the thing is they don't say it, they say it more than once, and right. they want to they want to beat it in your head to make sure that you know the term, but you're using it as a buzzword, almost like a trendy buzzword, and, and not that, just saying it once and just moving on with the whole entire uh, point. Yeah, it's like let's normalize, and then my, the other one the other day that I literally messaged my friend, I'm like, is it okay to be irrational? Like, it doesn't make sense for me to be irrationally angry about the phrase "do better." I don't know why. Anytime I've ever heard somebody be like, blah, 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 do better. <laughs> I don't, I just, I just hate that person. I'm like, you might've had good points, but now I hate you. Uh, so clearly I have, I have stuff I need to work on. I'm not objective on everything, but like, yeah, we're, it's, I wish we could go back to, I don't know if we ever had it maybe, but like that Socrates kind of thing where it's like, I, we can have differences of opinions or like we can present facts and like, if I were like, there's times where I've presented facts where I can support it with data and support it with official, like multiple sources of information. Yeah. And then people will somehow attack me and be like, oh, well, you're supporting this agenda. I'm like, I'm supporting truth. 
you're peddling a lie. So mm-hmm. like for me, I'm like, I don't have an allegiance to either of you. Like right. full disclosure. I'm, I'm just like, leaving this here and I'm just going to go. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, look, guys, <laughs> I ain't like I'm I'm a libertarian. Like I'm like, I'm not, not that I don't have a dog in this fight. Like I have times where I agree with you and I have times where I agree with you. But like, right. let's uh, like let's let's calm it down and be like, I don't care if this person that you think is bad did something like did they actually do this thing or not like yeah. and good people can do bad things and bad people can do good things and we need to be able to hold that and be like ah crap this person i really like did something bad instead of trying to rationalize it let me say yeah that was bad i like this person but i don't like what they did or god i hate this person but i kind of liked this bill they passed or whatever you know like right. i don't know i'm that's that's me pushing an answer on everybody else and moralizing and doing exactly what I hate to do. I should have raised questions. I should have just asked a bunch of questions. Well, that's what it, that's what Socrates Cafe is basically. It's it's always asking questions and more than probably getting an answer to get to it. So is oh wait, that's actually like a real thing. I wasn't sure yeah. if you were just saying like I nope, thought you were Socrates, just saying- uh, Socrates Cafe basically is a it's like the term church with it with the term church is intended. It's a place where people a church is a place where people preach, but Socrates Cafe in this case is a place where people gather to philosophy. Yeah, just share philosophies and just you know explore thought. I love and process. That. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't had any had any like actual cafes or websites with that. <laughs> but no. that's a, that's an actual term. I would love, I would love that. I mean, I've, I just joined a bunch of meetup groups because I can't talk to most of my friends anymore. Like, they're just like, so like, you're either with us or against us. I'm like, but what if, mm-hmm. okay. So like, like instead of just having an actual, you know, concrete, you know, form of thought, why don't just be open and allow things to enter in to probably recreate it? You know, G can do your mind, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Like, just mo- go, with the, go with the flow and like, be like, I have this stance, but if something adjusts it, I have to adjust. I mean, um, the truth is, is that there's always going to be something. It's sometimes even if, if it's concrete, time changes it. Right. Like even even like science or history, like there's times where we had an understanding of an event and then we realized later like, oh, archaeologists dug this thing up. And actually, we thought that this was the way this culture was. But it turns out, you know, not so you shouldn't always just be like, oh, well, we're probably wrong all the time. Like go with what the data says. And then as the data changes, be like, okay, change too. like don't just be. I think I think we as a we as a community and people need to be able to allow ourselves to break out of the thought of being right all the time. Right. And I think that's a thing too, is that when you, it it is a form of embarrassment that people get when they are wrong about something. And if you allow yourself to be wrong and learn to learn further, you'll learn even more further to be right. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be wrong. It's, I mean, we need to also like learn to accept being wrong and also accept forgiveness as well. Yes, like have grace for people and also Absolutely. don't don't identify as your thoughts, I guess. Like like mm-hmm. there's people who like they cannot be wrong because if they are wrong, everything they know about the world is a lie. And, and you vilified like, them from, from the dead. Yeah, and it's like, dude, like have other things going on. Don't just be like, I am my politics or I am my religion or I am whatever. Cause then if I if I if I'm able to prove you wrong, then your world is shattered versus like I mean, I'm not saying be detached either, but like hold everything loosely like i have very passionate opinions but then when somebody's like hey actually that's a common misconception here's data like i always say like okay well send it to me i'll do my i'll do research like and then every every week there's always something where i'm like i thought i knew it i thought i finally 
figured out the world. And then it turns out there's always another facet to it. So be intellectually curious. Like it's actually more fun to me now that I realize how little I know, like I thought I'm like, oh yeah, this is the world. Anybody who disagrees is is evil. I think it's the only way to stay younger too, mentally stay younger is because you're allowing yourself to learn more. Yeah, like I'm now I'm like curious. I'm like, oh, like should I like do like audit some philosophy classes and like <laughs> audit, like I think we should, let's normalize <laughs> people reading opinions from the opposite side. Right. But like good opinions, like right. not the stupid opinions, but like the intel, the intellectual arguments from both sides. That's a very fun challenge where you're like, oh, I hate these people, but let's see what they have to say and why they think that way. Right. And I, every time I do that, I'm like, well, crap. OK, maybe it's not because they're the devil. Some <laughs> people are the devil, but like a lot of people I'm like, oh. Right. But there may be some some uh, dimension and, and depth of people that we don't know about. Everybody has a story by the time they've reached the person that they talk to, to that draws that inference on them. Yeah, exactly. Like, and there's, I know a lot of people are like, they don't like the term nuance, but I'm like, I'm all about nuance where it's like, yeah, like you can't paint everybody with the same brush. We don't want that. Like, don't do that to anybody. Like no one, it's like that key and peel sketch with the, with the black Republicans where it's like, we are not a monolith, but it's true. You know, <laughs> like when people say like when they cast me and they're like, Hey, can you sound more whatever? It's like, so you had an idea in your head of what black sounded like is what this sound like to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, there's blurs, like, you know, there's like black nerds, there's black jocks, there's black everything. Right. And yet I think Hollywood, that is one thing where Hollywood, I think is a little bit behind talking about representation is I think yeah. they, they're getting a little bit better because you're starting to see different types of stories from people of color. But like, I they're, they're to- taking, they're taking the, they're putting in the effort. Yeah, like they're putting in the effort and I think we're going to start to see that and I like we're starting to see or like even like an Issa Rae like she was, you know, the her her web series that inspired or that got uh, her insecure was, insecure, yeah. was like was it Adventures of an Awkward Black Girl or Diary of an Awkward Black Girl mm-hmm. and like that was something we hadn't seen before. Right. There's plenty of awkward black girls like who are like, well, you know, like funny, quirky, whatever, but like that was not a trope we had seen before. So I am excited to see us go past the idea that diversity just means changing the skin color or changing the gender of the character and going into like what is this particular black person's deal right you know like they don't have to align with everything like like it's not like it's not like just showing that we have different dimension and we have we are capable of you know experiencing practically some of the most similar things that other people have experienced for other cultures as well yeah like and the idea that like like all they're like oh well black people vote this way or they all think this way or they all want this it's like well what like not is there a meeting that i missed out on where it's like we all decided like this is what we want we don't want this and we all make yeah there's a there's an ideology summit that comes every year (laughs) i missed it you know what it's probably because they learned that i always thought i was half uh, half black because my dad's black but he he's from Louisiana so he's got a lot going on in there like, like Louisiana <laughs> Creole thing so it shouldn't have been a surprise to me because like the way I look but like I got my ancestry test and it said I was 33% black hmm. so, so I'm not half I'm a third so I think that's probably why they don't invite me to the so summit. you're around away but you kind of in the corner <laughs> yeah yeah like they, they don't invite me to the summit because they're like look like maybe standing room only like if we have room we can let you in but like we got enough people <laughs> We don't need your pasty ass decisions. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, so I got two more questions for you, but I look, I always have a blast with you. I'm happy to finally get to see you. 
Because every time, I, I mean, it's the funny, funny story is that like the times that I tried to see you at cons and everything, like in San Diego, you were so packed. That Sailor Moon line was so packed. Yeah, don't. I learned the hard way. Like, like I was trying to run into Cress at, at San Diego Comic Con, and it just wasn't working. Like my oh, own he, if friend. If he was in the WB, if he was in the WB booth, yeah, that's no. a, that always stay packed. Like just the whole event. I'm just like, and other friends were like, "Hey, let's meet up." I'm like, "This is not happening." So San Diego Comic Con's the worst. Is the worst place to meet up with people. That it's is too crowded. You unless you're working it. in a panel with them. Unless right. Right. It, yeah, exactly. Like you're, you already have to be coordinated in that. Because I remember, like, I think I, I don't know if I emailed you or I texted you, uh, you know, on on social media or something like that. Like I was so close, but this line of cosplay, uh, Sailor Moon cosplayers, <laughs> just bombarded everything. It's like, oh no, I won't. It's gonna be hours before I even say hi in person. Yeah. No. So like, uh, you're in what Philly? Yeah. Yeah. So if I ever come, I mean, I haven't gone to any cons in Pennsylvania. It's weird. There's well, certain states that don't have. You know what's the bad part is that like um, Repop had Keystone Comic Con here, and they're they're not going to have it this year, unfortunately, but maybe next year. So hopefully, you know that can we can make that happen? Because yeah. I mean, I had Molly in uh, who was it? I had Molly down here, and uh, I think great. I didn't. I got Molly to come to Philly for them, mm-hmm. but Gray Griffin was down here as well, and a few others, and uh, we we had a good time hanging out after hours and all the stuff. And uh, there's some really great places. I mean. I, you know, let's make that happen. <laughs> I loved, I, w- I was only there for like a month, but it was like back in like, co- like right before college, I would, I spent a month doing a summer for, uh, at the University of the Arts. Oh, um, right around my way. That's like, I, I, I'm in University City. Yeah. And I loved it. Like there's just some cities that have great vibes. Oh, you were in a good, you were in a great spot. <laughs> yeah. That was a great spot. Like that Philly. And again, I know some parts of Philly aren't as good, but like that spot was really cute. Yeah. Boston, Atlanta, like there's just some cities that just like embrace you like a hug or like a wicked yeah. blanket. Hug. Yeah, like the next time you come to Philly, let me know. And if you are, you know, repop bound or whatever like that, definitely let me know because, you know, I want to make my biggest importance to make sure that you never eat a cheesesteak at the stupid tourist spots. That everybody goes to. I yeah, I I went and I had a cheesesteak and I hated it. So now people are like, oh, you have to have a Philly cheesesteak. I'm like, oh, I've had one in Philly, but I'm sure I probably got about it was like in an it was i think it was like a like a food court it wasn't even like a good it was like it was oh like, I, we'll talk about that <laughs> I, I don't remember what it was called but i remember it being like it felt like it was like an underground food court or something i think like i know that. where you're talking about so it, is that uh, a touristy spot it's kind of it's it's one of the better touristy spots but there's some really cool spots that like we go we can hang out and i can put you down on some good stuff okay yeah because there's there was one sushi place i hope it's still there but like i remember i remember i still remember it it was it was so good. And there's like a bunch of like light up stuff. Yeah. I don't know if that's, uh, this is like 10 years ago. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I, I, yeah, we're going to have to talk because you know, it chances are that place is not there anymore. Oh, no. Okay. But no, it's still, it's, it's, it's on the up. It ain't, a lot of things have changed. We got a new um, everything downtown and everything. So yeah, well definitely, but no, definitely. Thank you for coming on again. And uh, this, you have been always awesome on this show. And uh, I am looking forward to actually getting a chance to see you very soon. But I got two more questions for you. In regards to everything that you've done since we last spoke, I mean, you've become an ADR writer, you've produced, you even uh, did some uh, stand-up, if you will, and much more. Like, you're just putting your hands into everything, and I dig that. How have those ventures been uh, for you? And possibly, what is the biggest lesson that you can take from, that have you taken from it? Um, well, ADR writing has been kind of like my day job 
thing because like you know acting work like, comes and goes sometimes it's enough to support you other times it's not so I just got done with like a final burst of like doing way too much because uh, there's not a lot of ADR writers so it's like when there's there, there you'll, you'll never run out of work if you decide to train and become an ADR writer you will always work which is cool but I also was doing four projects at once these past couple of months working seven days a week I'm like this is awful so it, it's renewed my and then I had COVID in February. So I was like, I was like out for a couple of weeks. I was like, Ugh. um, so it's just like this, this constant thing of like, I want to create, I don't want to be working that way. I want to be working in the way of like, I want to be like a Tina Fey or like an Issa Rae or whatever, where it's like, I have, I think like a fun personality. I have like a good like, comedic, whatever. Like I want to write my own stuff and star in it and be like an auteur or whatever like and so stand-up was really cool because it was it was my voice and it was me realizing what my style is of comedy I only did it the once though like I had such a great time it was like my my class graduation show so the audience was so much better than it'll ever be in the real world and I haven't done it <laughs> since um I constantly think about it because like I have plenty of opinions that like I think people might find funny where it's like like ways to turn things or even like you know the clan hood and salsa thing or whatever like I I can just fart out funny stuff too. I'm, right. That's me being arrogant. I'm like, I'm so funny. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, producing is very, very hard. I'm good at it because again, I'm very anxious. So being anxious, your brain never lets you sleep. It's like, did you call that person? Did you do this and that? So I'm good at it. I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. The only way I would ever produce is if somebody else was putting in the money, somebody else was organizing the shoots, and then I got just I just got to be like a producer that's like my name's in the credits. Like, <laughs> maybe I put in some money because right. like I'm rich and a celebrity, and it's like, oh yeah, it's a vanity project or whatever. But like <laughs> I I hate producing. The only reason I produced was because I wanted to get my own stuff out there. So like I like the writing and acting part. Uh, although recently I had a thought where I'm like, oh, do I not actually like acting? And I it was like a weird existential crisis. It's mm -hmm. that I don't like not having creative input. Right. So when you're working with directors, sometimes you get really good directors, but a lot of times the voiceover, they're not directors. So you get people who are micromanaging every line you say, they're just like, can you go like up at the end? Like they're just telling you how to do it. So you're not collaborative. Like I like Boruto because like my director and I have such a rapport that like, I'll be like, hey, I'm gonna try something and he's like yep that's even better let's go like so there's a it feels like I get to have a say in the character and I'm not changing lines like drastically where they're saying something completely like uncanny right. or something but like whereas other other directors will give me a line reading of how to say the line before before I even say it right so each line is like so you should say it like blah 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 so then it's like, well, what do you need me here for? Like, you're supposed to hire me for my imagination and my creativity and what I bring to it. But instead, you just want a puppet that just sounds like me. So uh, I just dissociate and just go somewhere else. I'm like, uh-huh. And I just like, whoop. Um, so I definitely, uh, you, were ask, you were asking what I've learned from them. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've learned that I need to be active because to me sometimes acting feels passive because it's other people's words and sometimes it's other people's directions and you're kind of just like being pulled around when it's not collaborative versus you know like if you're on a set where like they're like hey can you improvise like I was just I just did a friend's movie and that was really fun because they were like hey I've heard you're good at improv yeah. do what you want that's really fun and then they were like yeah that's great like it's it's just so so when I say I don't like acting I realize I just don't like, I don't like being a flesh robot, but um, writing 
and starring in my own stuff is like the next thing because like these TikTok things have been really fun because it's like it forces me to put out more content I mean I say that I haven't put out content in like two months but <laughs> when I was doing it I was like yeah every other day or whatever um and just for the record I have two different accounts I have a voiceover account and then I have like my account because the two demographics didn't seem to overlap like my right. anime fans didn't want to see my comedy stuff they're like I don't get it <laughs> where's Boruto and then on my comedy stuff uh they didn't they don't care about anime stuff so um one of them is amanda c miller vo and then the other one is uh hey amanda Celine. and then those are also my two instagram like i've i've split my instagrams as well right to kind of try that approach and it's just so fun to have that freedom of being like what would i create if i have 60 seconds mm -hmm. it kind of helps you refine your voice because you're like well what am i going to say in these 60 seconds or whatever TikTok is 30 seconds you know whatever like it's right it's fun and also I'm a perfectionist so a lot of times a lot of artists I think don't make stuff because it's so overwhelming that mm -hmm. they just shut down whereas if you're like look TikTok doesn't like polished they don't like when you have good lighting and good sound they want it to right. look like you just farted out this idea and you just like filmed it on your phone and put it online even if it took you hours to edit right and right it needs to look like you're just a casual genius so I like that because then I'm not having to be like, oh, well, I got to hire a sound guy and I got to, right. to hire and get a get a DSLR camera and set up the lights right. It's like, no, so it takes away the perfectionism. And so it's kind of just like a fun exercise of like exposure therapy of being imperfect and being like it's therapeutic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't die. Oh, people <laughs> actually liked it. Like, even though I looked like I had a zit on my face, like they didn't care. Like nobody said anything. They thought it was funny. Like. Right. So it's not Instagram. Instagram is much more like, uh, oh, it's very well overproduced. <laughs> yeah, everything's perfect. And like, you know, look at my angles and like TikTok is like they I mean, there's two different TikToks. I think there's the TikToks that like pretty people and then there's the TikToks that want funny people and they, they want yeah. funny real people. Mm -hmm. You can be pretty and real or whatever, but like it just seems like a lot of people that I like to follow are not people you would see on TV. Like mm. they look like real people. Wait, wait, face. and like we said the last in our in the last interview, they're not CW ready. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Yeah, they're not CW hot. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I did have a CW uh, audition at one point, and I was like, oh, cool, but I haven't gotten another one since. So I'm like, I'm sure they're probably like, she's not CW ready. Like she's, um, and now I'm apparently a young mom category, which means I'm moving closer to CW grandma because those, oh, those grandmas are like they're like 30, but they're like, I'm your grandmother. <laughs> what <laughs> they might put like a streak of silver in their hair but they're still like runway models uh the mindset of greg berlanti yeah <laughs> i like i i have liked some of his shows but i definitely am like dude that's not a great they're, they're great they are they're, i am a big fan of the uh, berlanti production but yes there are some questionable things <laughs> every once in a while i mean unless he's unless he's trying to like normalize i just like using that word now like i like using words ironically i'm like do better um i like to let's let's normalize um teen mom it's something you put on it's something you put on hot dogs it's, 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 it's what normalize is something you put on hot dogs <laughs> it's i uh, it's, it drives me nuts but yeah like sometimes i accidentally use it i'm like oh but yeah like let's let i think maybe Brett, greg's just trying to normalize teen mothers like that's why they're so young mm -hmm. because they were you know and like and like i'm just kidding i'm like like i'm just thinking like maybe i'm trying to figure out like what's going on in his head he's like yeah, they had her, they had her when they were 14. This should be talking about the epidemic of, I don't know, <laughs> teachers grooming young people. Like this should be sad. Don't make fun of these <laughs> sexy grandmas. 
I don't know. He's he's he. I give him this. He he does have his ways, but he's not Michael Bay bad. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like it's 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 kind of funny when everybody's got their shtick. Where it's like, okay, like I don't like what he's done as a person. Like apparently, Joss is an asshole. Like as we've learned, Joss Whedon. But mm-hmm. I do yeah. like. I still like you know like Dollhouse, Firefly. Like I like the stuff he does, and you can always tell like there's like Joss isms and like the Buffy, you know, yeah. Yeah, and I was watching The Nevers, and I, like, there are definitely some moments where I'm like, yeah, that's a Joss thing, where, like, a lot of it was in a good way, where I'm like, oh, these are interesting, but then, like, there's a moment where, like, she's, like, falling down the stairwell, and she gets caught, her dress gets caught, and she flies out of her dress, and then she fights in, like, her undergarments. I'm like, that feels very Joss Whedon. That was, was like, the uh, the, uh, Black Widow moment in Avengers. Yes, yes. (laughs) It's like, guys... Yeah, so see, so there, even there, there's pandering on all levels, mm-hmm. <laughs> which so, I guess is, is not bad if you know your audience. But I feel like with Joss Whedon being like, this show is for girl power. It's like, <laughs> what is empowered about me fighting in my skivvies? Like, if I want to fight in my skivvies, I can. But this is a fictional character, and you're being <laughs> creepy. You wrote this. You had to set up a bunch of shots and shoot this multiple times. It's like, yes, like, for you. Yeah, it's like so you can feel empowered. Did you and not I, get that? <laughs> you they, stupid. They, they don't understand. They you don't stupid understand. woman with your smaller brain. Let me tell you why this is feminist. I don't know. Uh, Damn anyway. it! They don't understand. They, they, you know, what was that line from Anchorman or something? It's like a woman's brain is two thirds the size of a man or something. Something like something like that. It's like I have, so, to, I have to explain it. So last question. <laughs> I hate I hate that we're ending this because I'm loving this, but. What hasn't Amanda C. Miller done yet? And what can we expect from her next? Ooh, um, I mean, I know I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier and I know I've talked, like I've done some on camera, but for me, like I'm really like within the year, I feel like it's going to be like, oh, Amanda C. Miller, she's on this show or that show. Like I, for a long time, I thought, oh, voiceover is just the thing that happens to be taking off and on camera just isn't. But I think part of it was a subconscious thing of like hiding. So I'm going to stop hiding. So like, it's silly, but even me expressing my political opinions or like, this is the first time I've said publicly that like, I'm a, I'm a libertarian or whatever. Like to me, that's like, that's like a big deal. But like, I, so if you're going to see more of me being okay with people not liking me, which means I'm going to be more authentic in my writing and in my talking, I'll still probably be pretty, play my cards pretty close to the chest. Like I can talk to you about this stuff. Cause like, I feel like you're not, you know, you're not a crazy person. Like we can have a conversation about it, but like, I'll definitely like, if I can sense like this person will not appreciate it. I'm like, I'm going to keep it. You see my eyes start twitching. This. <laughs> right. You're just like, mm, yes, I, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> exactly. Um, like Sheldon, like Sheldon Cooper pretty much just like, ex- yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, even then, I try to. I don't think I, I mean, my opinions are that extreme. Even then, I'm a boring libertarian because I'm an, I'm not an anarchist. I'm a minarchist. So like I'm like the boring grandpa. I'm like Clint Eastwood or something in Grand Torino. Well, no, he was racist. I guess I don't. <laughs> I don't want to say. But like I'm like I got my pants up to my nipples. I'm just like get <laughs> off my lawn and leave me alone. <laughs> like just <laughs> minimal everything. Just go away. <laughs> that's that's me. Or, or Ron Swanson. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. I mean, I've really had a great time talking with you. I I could talk with you and joke with you for like God knows out how many hours at this point. <laughs> but um, right now, uh, again, you already mentioned it, but like, where can your fans, your comedic friends, your your anime fans, see you? 
online. Yeah, so I, I've screwed it all up because I used to have all of my things had the same handle to make it easy. But then when I decided to split them, I was like, oh, no. Because Do you, do you use Linktree? I don't. What is that? Oh, it's going to be your saving grace. <laughs> it is a actual uh, app and a website that allows you to organize all of your links of where you want your fans to go to. So they just go into this link and it's just a list of places where you want to be seen or heard. That's it cool. is a lifesaver. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm giving okay, them free publicity right now. Damn it. <laughs> no, that sounds great. Yeah, because I'll, like- I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll, I'll look out for you after when we get off. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, because I got, I got my, my two Instagrams now. <laughs> like one for comedy and I'm just kind of like my personal, like more actory stuff. Yep. I mean, uh, trust me, because I, I, you know, this show plays on all like the, all the popular post uh, podcast uh, platforms. And then I have my own website and then I have the ACMG Facebook group and all the stuff. So I need all that in one pot. And that's what that does. That's so, good to know. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'll give you, the, I'll get you to hook up. Yeah. Hook me up. We'll, we'll normalize you. <laughs> yes. Normalize having multiple, having a link tree. <laughs> Do better, Amanda. <laughs> Do better. But for now, where can they find you mostly? Uh, right now, I guess mostly Instagram or TikTok. Uh, so those are both, uh, the, if you want to follow just for like voiceover stuff and like the character stuff, um, that'll be, uh, Amanda C. Miller VO. And then more of like me and like my comedy, um, is going to be, Hey, Amanda Celine. And Celine is like my, it's my middle name. So it's like Celine Dion, like C-E-L-I-N-E. Uh, although I'm toying with that just being my name. Because I feel like Amanda Celine Miller is too much of a mouthful. I hate to tell you this, but you better not. I don't know because my grandmother calls me that, or it's just I like, love it, it, it. Actually, it, but it, I love it because it flows. I like saying Lady Amanda. I like saying you know Amanda Celine Miller. I like, you know, it, it's it, it works. Too, it's not too long. It's not like Sarah Michelle Geller or something. The like only that. reason why, it, and that's I think the reason why because um, Sarah Michelle Geller, it just flows, and your name also to me flows. Hmm. Like it's not like saying. Um, Orton Rettenbacher or, <laughs> or Kevin or Kevin Belize, you know, McNichols or something like that. It just, it, you know, where it sounds like it's just like bumps in a row. It just flows. Did you just make up the Belize McNichols name? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> First thing that just popped in my head. Kevin Belize McNichols. That is the next, that is a star in the making. <laughs> it stands out. Uh, yeah. And then I think Facebook, I'm still uh, Amanda Celine Miller. Uh, and then Twitter, I'm Amanda underscore Celine, which looks real janky, but I can't change it because I'll lose my verification. Right, right. And then Butts guy will take over. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to go into him, but yeah, he's he's the bane of a lot of voice actors' existence. Well, definitely, thank you so much, and I hope that one that you are going to be healthy and safe through this point on, and hopefully, uh, maybe in a year we can probably see each other in person, and everything will be as good as rain with everything going on. Um, but I really appreciate you coming on the show all the times that you have, and I hope to have you back again. Well, thank you, but also don't tell me what to do. Get off my lawn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll, I'll lick toilet seats if I want to. And I look forward to checking out Sailor Moon Eternal, which comes out on June 3rd, I believe. I believe so, yes. So um, I'm looking forward to that. I know it's going to be you guys knocked it out the park. You and uh, Stephanie Shea and uh, Christina V and all the gang over there. I'm, I'm just looking forward to that. It's, it's, it should be awesome. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly come on this time? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, knock on wood, man. <laughs> After last year, don't nobody should ever say that phrase again. I know, I know. I really should. <laughs> 
<laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Right. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this very special Talk Time Live exclusive with the one and only lady, Amanda C. Miller. On behalf of myself and Sailor Jupiter herself, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, love all things, anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.